Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. It is Marcy hosting today with me as always, Katie and Kim. How are you ladies? Hi Marcy. Hi Katie. Doing well. Hi ladies. Doing well. How is everybody? Hanging in. What is new and exciting in your worlds? Um, oh, I'm reading a really good book and I saw a really great movie. Have, did you guys see the Elvis movie? No, I didn't even know it existed. The only movie I have seen recently is Top Gun, which by the way, if you have not watched Walk, Don't Run. No, Run, Don't Walk. I I never saw that one. Because I only walk, I don't run anywhere. Anyway, uh, I, I like live under a rock when it comes to movies. Uh, so yeah. Tell oh, us it's so it. good. I really like music is my thing. And I, anytime, anytime there's a movie that comes out about a musician, I'm excited. But this was really well done. It's so fun. And I forget sometimes all the great songs that Elvis had. And this kid mm-hmm. who played Elvis, his name's Austin Butler. All the young girls are freaking obsessed with him, like obsessed with him. He did a great job. It was a really good movie. And then the book I'm reading is coming out this weekend as a movie, which is um, Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's something about crawdads. I don't know. I'm like three quarters of the way through the book. Why don't I know the title? I need to read the book. Yes. That's a classic. And Mm -hmm. I've not read it. Yeah. Like a new classic. Like it's not even that old. It is such a page turner. Yeah. Like I'm trying to really manage my habits so I don't stay up too late reading. And I haven't had a book that's made me want to do that in a long time. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Wait, and I is it, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, is it weird that I really don't like going to movies? I don't love like going and just sitting still for that amount of time. For whatever reason, that's actually hard for me to do. And it, I, and I can't remember the last time I went to a movie joyfully thinking like, I can't wait to just sit and soak in this experience. Is that just me? <laughs> you know, no, I think plenty of people don't like movies. I really? I like them. Depends. I thought most people did. And I thought, I, I really think most people like look forward to the movies like a, like a two and a half hour vacation, you know, yeah. from, from everything. And, and from, I don't know what exactly, if it's like being totally cut, cut off from everything, or if it's just being in a dark space with like all sorts of, you know, um, sensory overload and noise. Like, mm. I don't know exactly know what it is, but my husband and I were, we're talking about going to see Top Gun because everyone's talking about it. And I just have not like every time it's like we could get away, I'm like, oh, but I really don't want to go. <laughs> oh, but go. Oh, go. Yeah. Well, Katie, there's don't a lot of things in life we need to kind of make ourselves do. I say, if you're not all in on going to a movie, don't make yourself do it. There's, you can make it the rest of your life and never see another movie. <laughs> well, I, You know what I did? I sacrificed my poor mom. Mom, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. She took my kids to see Minions, so I didn't oh, have to. And yeah. she was like, I have no idea what that was even about. <laughs> I know. I have to tell you, I've never enjoyed going to kids' movies, even as a yeah. mom of young kids. I sometimes I would go and I'm like, oh, once it gets started, like I like it, but I, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. do we really have to go see another cartoon? I'm I'm not into oh, it. I know. Well, I uh last thing about the movies because I used to not love them either. And then when I was in my last relationship, he loved going to the movies. So 
he would always encourage me like, all right, let's go to a movie. It's like, oh, fine. Like, you know, he basically had dragged me out the door and then I got really into it. And after a while we were going all of the time. And when we moved or when we moved in together, we, our place was about a five minute drive from this brand new movie theater that had the reclining seats and they delivered the food to you and all of that. And it was just, it was an experience. Yeah. You know? So like that. Yeah. I'm like, and I always would go right after leg day. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to yes my feet up and <laughs> do a little relaxing. So anyway, um, good stuff. Kate, what is new in your world? Uh, we need an update please on the, uh, the bars or not the bars, but the mix for the bars. Well, ladies, they're live. And Kim, you know, because you received the package yes. the other day and, and, and talked about it. And I just did a soft launch to my email subscribers the other day. And then this morning I shared that Kim received them. And so it's, it's live. It's open. I haven't done like the full court press yet. I, there's a lot of people who have questions. There's um, some, you know, highlights I want to touch on, but I wanted to make it available to people who were like chomping in the pit, who have been asking me for two and a half years, if I could just ship them some bars. And like, for those people, like it is available to you and yeah. for anyone else who's like, gosh, well, I, I don't know if this is right for me or what I want. It, it's I, next I up on to my to-do list today is to actually make my, my bars. And I'm super excited because it's going to be fast. Just gonna dump that in zucchini, zucchini, pumpkin. Oh, you're you're I, gonna have it done before the oven's preheated, and you're gonna be like, shoot, what am I gonna do with the extra ten minutes on my hands? <laughs> no, I won't do that because I always have too long of a list. But I'm super excited that I'll have that time that I can do something else. Yeah, um, oh, yeah they came in perfect shape. I know you were like kind of testing, like how is this gonna deliver? Mm -hmm. um, very excited about it. Uh, I can't wait to. Uh, can't wait to make some later. Well, yeah. Kim, if you do your first one with zucchini, you'll have to let me know if you opt for cauliflower on the other. Just, mm. I mean, and if, I know you're not a huge like rice cauliflower person, yeah. but if you go to like Target has like the 11 ounce or 12 ounce or whatever the the the, ba the microwavable bag, uh -huh. that's even a bigger time saver. And oh. you truly don't taste. Oh, right, it. I guess yeah. it would be because you don't have to shred anything. That's a really good point. Yeah. So okay. you had two I having two bags buy in for me for the cauliflower. It's even faster. Yes. So, Katie, I'm curious, which, which version of all of them do you prefer the most? The protein only, or the, the one with the, I cannot talk the one with the protein Yeah. <laughs> uh, or the one with the zucchini, the one with the cauliflower, like what is the yeah. creator's what, favorite? What, what is the makeup of my favorite? Well, usually I say it's the one that I'm eating because I really enjoy them all so much, but then like I switch it up a little bit and I'm like, oh, but this one's good too. I would have to say that if I like had them all, all next to me, like if I had four different versions next to me, like two zucchinis, two cauliflowers, one with protein, one without, I would have to say the no protein zucchini version. And I think I like the, I love the makeup of ingredients. So without the, without the PE science protein, there's actually quite a lot that I had to do to offset that. It really did a lot in terms of building up thickness and texture and absorb, absorbing moisture. So I had to add in um, coconut flour, monk fruit sweetener, and uh, some Simply Del Delish vanilla pudding, which I think is a beautiful addition, but probably not, it's not necessary to make it come together, but I feel like it just takes it up and makes it a little bit extra imperfect. So for me that I love that one. Cause that one just feels the most like cake probably 
because there's no protein component to it. And by the way, it's still super high in protein because you're using an entire carton of egg whites. So like mm. you can't go wrong with either one. Like they're both still going to be high protein um, and, you know, high fiber and, and, you know, the nutrition from the pumpkin and everything. So there's no right or wrong answer. Um, and it just kind of comes down to like what you're most comfortable with. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah. You got, you got options. And I, I will say, I love the packaging. Oh, thank it looks you. Great. Thanks. It's, I think I'm going to have to streamline some things for this next round. Cause I feel like I'm learning a lot, you know, like when you do something, you're, you're, you're beta testing with every round. And so I'll, it'll, if I get enough traction on this, um, they'll, they'll be even better, I think moving forward, but I'm really pleased with how they turned out this time. So thank you ladies so much. Yes. Oh, you are so welcome. Well, excited for you in this new endeavor. All right. Shall we get into today's topic? We are going to discuss something that is near and dear to all of our hearts as I think just humans in general, but also as coaches, because I don't know about you ladies, I mean, I know Katie, you're not doing as much coaching anymore, but when you were and Kim, I'm sure you're still in the thick of it with your group. I know I am with my clients, the all or nothing thinking and how that relates to working towards your goals, how it shows up in your life. And I will say for my clients, because so many of them do come to me with health, fitness, physique goals, you know, it's mostly around, oh, if I can't do my full workout, I'm not going to do any workout. If I can't track my food perfectly, I'm not going to track my food at all. If I went a little bit overboard at this meal, then I'm going to just, you know, say, screw it and get back on track on Monday, like that type of thinking. But I've also been noticing recently because I have had some clients dealing with, you know, more serious issues. Like I don't want to say life threatening, but like, um, life disrupting, I should say. So injuries, you know, other people getting sick that they have to take care of changing jobs, just like a lot of stuff that impacts perhaps the goal that they came to me to work on. And now I had like, basically their line of thinking is, okay, I'm going to go into this coaching experience. I'm going to hit it hard. I'm going to map out my plan. And I'm just like going to, you know, be gung ho. And then some tragic event happens and it throws them completely off course. They have to adjust. And then that all or nothing thinking comes in. Like, is it even worth it? Should I even bother trying to work towards my goal if I can't go at it with full force? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, from experience, all of us have experienced that. I mean, the three of us in some aspect of our life, whether it's illness, moves, divorce, you know, that kind of thing. And it really can throw you off your game. So let's I think chat Katie about it. Just literally right before we started this, when she was talking about our bars, gave a really good example of the opposite of all or nothing thinking when she literally said, she's like, I'm, this is a learning experience. I'm just testing this out because how um, easy would it be for her to be like, not that Katie would be this way, but for people to oh. be this way, be like, I'm, I'm launching this thing. It's a big deal to me it's going to go really, really well, or it's going to be a failure, right? Like, but she literally said, she's like, I'm going to learn. I'm going to see what I can make better. Like that is a very different way of thinking than somebody who's like, I'm launching this thing. I've been thinking about it for a long time. Like I really want it to go well. And if it doesn't go well, then I suck. 
right? So like, I appreciate that, Kim. Like, because that that person who you're talking about is like Katie 2.0. That is not who I was even five years ago. I was totally indoctrinated into like the the hustle culture, like the sleep when you're dead, like you mm. like make hay when the sun shines, like all of that was like coursing through my veins with every fiber of my being and everything I did. Like how I was the person who said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so those are the types of um, messages that I had in my mind at all times. And that really made it hard for me when I got to a point where all didn't work anymore because let's be honest, for a while it does work and it can work, but it is not sustainable. And that's where the wheels come off when you try to make it sustainable. And so often when we demand that of ourselves, like all or nothing, we end up with nothing because things can get in our way. Things, sometimes things that are not in our control, sometimes things that just don't go the way we want. And we're really giving away so much of our power when we, when we're like doing this black and white, it's going to either be all, or it's going to be nothing. Like we have to be really prepared that it's going to be nothing. Mm -hmm. So Katie, I'm curious for you, what was the epiphany moment or, you know, if there even was one, or was it more of like a gradual build up into shifting your mindset around this? Like what, what transpired to allow you to shift? You know, it's interesting. Hindsight is things are just so much clearer in hindsight. I thought that I had let go of the all or nothing mentality far later than I actually had, I'm sorry, far sooner than I actually had. I was training clients talking about how to incorporate um, flexibility and middle ground before I was even doing it myself. And I didn't see it at the time. And I think that's the problem, Marcy, as you've said, you can't see the label from inside the jar. It's a beautiful saying because it has so much application and I feel it so hard. Um, But I thought for me personally, I thought that just because I was tracking macros and like allowing, you know, things in that I wanted, like when I wanted them, that to me was middle ground. That was um, flexibility. That was not all or nothing. Like my, and I think the problem is like, sometimes, um, you feel like you can find something and I'm just gonna, I'm not picking on tracking macros. You can use anything. Um, but so you find something that, uh, really sort of mimics flexibility and allowing everything, but then you use that tool as a weapon instead of something to serve you. And, and I think that's what, where I was thinking that I was actually being flexible. And it wasn't until probably a year later when Kim, as you mentioned, all went to nothing. <laughs> and uh, I, I had to just completely like kind of hit, I, was, I hate to say rock bottom because it wasn't like rock bottom is a really strong word. Like I, it wasn't like a, you know, where a drug addict or an alcoholic would hit rock bottom, but I got to a point where I was like, okay, I have to put these pieces back together brick by brick and even maybe take some down first before I can fully rebuild here with the fresh mindset. It wasn't something I could just like layer on top because I had a faulty foundation, you know? Faulty foundation. Oh, I love that. So beautiful. I mean, cause really, I believe that your mindset is the foundation of everything. And so yeah. if you are still engaging in that all or nothing, black and white thinking, then the wheels are eventually going to fall off. That is mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But you know, it's really interesting, right? Even as coaches, we can not always be in integrity with what we say to clients. I mean, I've certainly experienced that myself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So Kim, what about you? How does, does all or nothing thinking still show up for you? Where did it show up for you in the past? Yeah. I would say where it shows up for me more these days is with business related stuff. 
you know, we get, we were just talking about TikTok and the technology. And sometimes I really do still struggle with it there and have to check myself. But with other aspects of my life, specifically with like health and fitness stuff, I noticed that I've gotten to a place where I can really be in that middle ground of, of not, not going to, um, it has to be better. It has to be more. It has to be the way I planned. I've had a, I've had a very, um, like personally tumultuous time this summer and I have really noticed that I've been able to allow myself to eat and train and sleep and all these things, you know, my morning routine, all these things that when I'm on my game and things aren't personally tumultuous, that, you know, they look one way and I've still been able to do some piece of all of those things, even though it doesn't look the way that I want it to, I have not gone to like, I'm eating pop tarts and staying up all night, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. And so that's a skill that has taken me a long time to get to, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like, because I don't have the mental energy to do this, this massive workout, that's not worth going down to the gym at all. I'm going to go down and I'm going to see how I feel. And some of the days I actually have ended up doing the whole workout. And some of the days, like I've been like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing all of this. Like I'll pick these couple of things and I feel like I can actually do it. Um, Mm -hmm. and getting to that, that was not, that was not a quick process. Gosh, years, years of practicing Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because I am in that situation right now. And I really, I'll, I'll be honest, did not think I was ever going to find myself here. And I am in the thick of it and it is uncomfortable as all hell, I will be honest. So just to share a little bit about my experience, I mean, for, I think the listeners know at this point that I have struggled with my health ever since I was in my early twenties, like since college. And I was very much that all or nothing thing, not even like all or nothing. It was just like all, all the time. Like Mm. there was no middle ground. Mm -hmm. So no matter how bad I felt, no matter what I was going through in terms of my health, like I used my workouts, my nutrition to really control me feeling out of control. And it was like the one thing that I could still do that made me feel like me. So even on my hardest days, I would still show up to the gym and like really push myself, you know, not realizing at the time that that was likely contributing to some of my issues or, you know, making them worse, not allowing them to get better. And I was really in that place for a long, long time, kind of not, I don't want to say not realizing it, but like wearing it as a badge of honor Mm -hmm. in a sense, you know, like that is what I prided myself on and I did that for, I mean, as long as I can remember. And then, gosh, what was it? I guess almost 10 years ago at this point, I don't know, 2014, eight years ago, um, you know, I went through a divorce, same thing. Like I did not skip a beat. I didn't take a day off from work. I didn't take a day off from the gym. Like I just continued on my trajectory because that is what made me feel better when really like I probably should have taken some time off to like process and grieve and allow my body to rest and all that. And I just kept powering through. Um, and then now here I am like kind of finding myself in the thick of some health issues, which like are not serious. I just have like some stuff to clean up essentially. And I'm on a very strict protocol and this protocol has wiped my energy totally out. 
Um, and it's interesting because I have like plenty of mental energy. So I feel great in that regard, but my physical energy has completely tanked. So I have been, and you know, my coach said like, you need to pull back on your workouts. So one 20 minute, 30 minute walk per day, like two days of workouts and my mind, you know, kind of like goes crazy when I hear that stuff. So I have not been great about the walking, I'll be honest, but I used to be, I mean, for a long time, like 10,000 steps every single day. That was just like my non-negotiable. And I would be, you know, walking laps in the house to get there. Like it was just kind of like the way that my brain works. So yeah, I'm like, maybe I am a little bit all or nothing in this regard, you know, it's like 10,000 steps or bust. But with this experience, I just did not physically have the energy. So I'm like, okay, 8,000 is going to be good enough. And then with my training, I went in there trying to do what I have always done. And I was like, no, like this is not going to work. And my body literally was forcing me to slow down. So maybe I go in there and I do four exercises. I went in there the other day, talk about all or nothing, like almost didn't show up. I was so fatigued. I did one exercise, tried to go on to the next one. And I was like, this isn't going to happen. And I walked out and I, I don't think I've ever done that in my life. So that's yeah. a big moment, Mars. Can I, can I interject and ask you a question? Because yeah. in that moment, you, you are used to going at like 10 out of 10, right? Even, at, even at the scaled 10 out of 10 and for your new scaled version, you only went to maybe like a two out of 10, right? Uh-huh. So like uh-huh. much lower. So in that moment, you were sort of at a crossroads. What, how did the rest of your day look from that point forward? Well, it was at seven o'clock at night. So, okay. Oh, okay. There wasn't a lot of time to like let the wheels all fall off. Right. No, no, no. And, and I'll be honest, you know, like the wheels don't fall off with my nutrition. If I would have to skip a workout and you know, the plan that I'm on, like it's very much, uh, nutrition is the big emphasis. So I really can't afford to let things go because of that. Uh, the other place I'm really bad with all or nothing thinking is my supplements. So I have a pretty heavy supplement regimen right now. And I sometimes forget. And I'm like, eh, I forgot the lunch ones. Like eh, that won't, won't worry about dinner. Like I'll start again tomorrow. So it's interesting that like, yeah, we still experience it too. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a difficult moment for me, but I was really proud of myself. I was like, okay, Marcy, like you're finally practicing what you preach now as well. And I think really that is the overarching theme of this podcast is I could easily have said, Kim, you could have said when you were sick, when you were dealing with your plantar fasciitis, you know, all these things. Cause I do want to talk about how that impacted your trip to the Grand Canyon and like the running that you wanted to do, because you've set some pretty lofty goals for yourself recently that you have had to, you know, delay because of what was going on with you physically. So for this, I could have easily said, oh, oh, whatever. Like, I'm just going to stop lifting for the time being when I feel better, I'll get back into it. And, you know, that would have been fine, but I'm like, no, I can still do something to keep the momentum going. And also this is who I am. This is my identity. So if that is like what I value in myself, then I am going to do something, even if it looks like a very, very scaled down version of what I am used to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Kim, why don't you share kind of your thought process, how you were thinking when you did set these goals for yourself and then life got in the way? Um, 
<clears throat> I think I have so much experience coaching clients through these things that it's easy for me to see the signs of all or nothing thinking in myself, right? So when I see those things cropping up, I can then address them. And, you know, because I'm not saying I would never feel that way. Like when I, um, when I like was not able to do my running program for like the second time, I was really disappointed, <laughs> like, and slightly embarrassed because I was very public with the fact, like, I'm going to do this running program. And then we know I got sick. And then I was like, I'm going to do this running program, <laughs> like however many months or a year later that was. And then I got injured. And so I was like, well, so I'm not saying it wasn't a struggle, but in that moment, I could look at my options, um, which brings to like the very first step, if you're somebody, and we can talk in a little bit how to know about like, if you are all or nothing thinking, like how to even be aware of that. But once you realize that the very first step is becoming aware that you are entering into that, right? And being like, okay, I'm noticing that I'm doing it. So now what? And so I could see that like, all right. And then come up with what is another option? What are my other options? And for me, it was, I can just choose another goal, right? So I can, instead of being like, I'm a failure. I can't do this running program. Like I could have been like, well, fine, then I'm not, I'm not going to challenge myself in any way, but I didn't. I chose another goal that I found satisfying. And I've had to do this many times, you know, like there were times when I wanted to reach a deadlift goal and I couldn't, um, by the way, when I talk about lifting and then I talk about getting injured, I'm not trying to say that lifting is dangerous. Often when I get injured, it has nothing to do with the lifting. I've, I don't know if I've ever injured myself lifting. I've injured myself moving a bench. I've injured myself outside running, but I've injured myself. But then I was like, okay, clearly I'm not going to be chasing um, a PR for deadlift because I'm injured. And so I started trying to get a PR in my hip thrust. And so I can find these ways to pivot which if you're a person who's stuck in an all or nothing mindset, that's not even an option because there's no space for that. It's either this or it's nothing, right? If I, if I can't do this, I'm, I'm just not going to do it at all. I'm a failure. I'm weak or any of these negative things you, you think about yourself, about yourself. It doesn't create the space for you to pivot. Mm. Very well said. I love that, Kim. If you can't do this goal, then pick another one. That mm -hmm. is so beautiful. And I do think it can be really challenging in the moment because so many of us, we react, not even respond out of emotion rather than out of logic. And when your emotions are very heightened, you're upset, then it can be more challenging to take a step back, be like, okay, this is it. Like, this is what's going on. I have to accept this. I have to surrender that things are not going to go as planned. I'm going to have to put this goal off until another time. And it doesn't mean never. It just doesn't mean like right now. Um, and then, you know, when you can get to that place where you are more calm, when you are thinking more logically or rationally, then it's much easier to see clearly and be able to assess or pivot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so sometimes, it's not really even, sometimes it's not even adjusting the goal. Like in my example is adjusting the goal, but sometimes it's gonna be adjusting the path to reach your goal because something is different than you had thought. So if your goal is to lose weight and you wanted to lose weight by you know working out four times a week and tracking your macros, and maybe you have a certain way that you're like, I'm gonna do that. And then something happens in your life and it's like, wait, I need a scaled down version of that being okay with taking this different path, which 
maybe that means it's going to be a slower rate of progress that, that you can make that adjustment. So sometimes it's adjusting your goal completely. And sometimes it's adjusting your approach to your goal. Mm-hmm. Katie, what are your thoughts or experiences? So I, I think if you are in that moment where maybe you recognize that you are at your all or nothing crossroads, but you're like, I don't know what to do. Like I have no experience with something that's not all or not nothing. My advice is to step outside yourself for a moment and pretend that you are giving this advice to your daughter, your mother, your best friend in the world. Someone who is like the, like the fabric of you is that person. They're that important to you. What would you tell them? Would you, it, because obviously the all or the nothing come really easy to you if that's what you've told yourself your whole life. But if you've got someone with that same predicament coming up to you and saying, my God, I guess I'm just going to do nothing. You'd be like, wait, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can probably think of like five different things in the middle that are not all or nothing. So giving yourself a minute to just pause and allow something else to come to you because it really will if you allow it to. Uh, but sometimes you need to just take it from a perspective of like not being inside your own head because if you've got like decades of evidence that all or nothing is what is always kept you safe and work for you, you're going to just automatically retreat to that. So take a beat and consider it um, through the eyes of another person. I mm-hmm. love that. That is really, that's such a good strategy because the things that we think in our heads when we say them out loud to another person, we realize we would never say that. Like you would right. never start to say to your friend, your sister, your your mom, whoever it is, like, yeah, you should totally just give up then. Yeah, like, right. Guess you're not going to achieve that goal because X, Y, and Z happened. Oh, wow. You're never mm-hmm. getting there. Like we wouldn't say those things. And it makes like, you sad to even think about it, doesn't right? it? So why right? would you talk to yourself heartbreaking we would have immediate compassion for those, those other people. And that's one of the things that can really help with all or nothing thinking, which is having self-compassion and the other, uh, not the other, there's plenty of things that can help with it. But the idea of looking at your thoughts objectively, which is way easier when you're actually saying them out loud to another person, when you're addressing the other person. So really putting yourself in that headspace of would I say this to somebody else? What would I say about this situation to my sister, my friend? my daughter, like, what would I say? Because we're going to find so much compassion and grace there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I think this is really important because I've even struggled with this too, is self-compassion does not mean complete surrender. It doesn't mean that you're giving up because I used to hear self-compassion get thrown around a lot. And I was like, okay, but if we're self-compassionate, then that's just going to make us want to give up essentially, because it's like, oh, why does it even bother? Or why does it even matter? And, and that simply is not the truth. And when I am coaching clients or even self-coaching myself, you know, we really have to come at it from that experience of when has beating yourself up, you know, shit talking all over yourself ever worked. I think we have this false belief that if we do that harder, then we're going to be more motivated to like try harder to take more action. And it's like, no, that's not the case because then you just stay in whether it's like that victim mentality, that low energetic state where you don't take action from in the first place. So, you know, thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to action. So if your thoughts are those ones that are very judgmental, self-shaming, then you are going to feel a negative way. And then that is either going to have you, you know, not take action at all moving forward 
or succumb to doing something that is going to make you feel good in the moment, not long-term. And and let's just say you do choose in the moment, the nothing from the all. I think this is an important point to, to note that that's not the thing that's going to ruin you. Okay. Choosing nothing in the absence of all is not a problem unless you continue to make that choice over and over again. So it is much more about what the next step is after that selection than it is that selection itself, right? Absolutely. And I'm sure we have experience with clients who've done that and they just continue to do it over and over and over again. It's like, well, wait a minute, if you had just had all sorts of issues between you know December 25th and January 1st, and then January 2nd, just like kind of just got back into your routine again, that would have been nothing. That would have been a blip on the radar. You wouldn't have even noticed it. But if you roll it into February and March, that's when you see problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do we help people create evidence that when they do not give in to all or nothing thinking that nothing bad actually happens? So if they give in to the nothing, so to speak, okay, I skipped that workout or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you help them realize that it's not the end of the world? Well, I think the first thing is awareness, awareness of where your thoughts are at, noticing that you're doing that kind of having that spiral into all or nothing thinking, you know, looking for words like always, never, shouldn't, um, failure, these kinds of things, like noticing, like being aware, like, okay, that's where I'm at. Um, you know, I'm really, I'm in this spiral of thinking that all is lost. Um, and then examining that thought and thinking like, is this objectively true? Is it objectively true that whatever, I won't be able to lose weight now because I did or did not do X. Is that objectively true? And then like Katie said, I really think that's a good strategy to use then is like, what would I say to a friend who's in this place? And then, and this is the part I know it always surprises people when I talk to my members about this, because they're just like, what do you mean? You can choose a different thought. You can choose something that would be more helpful and more accurate. We think of thoughts as things that just like happen, like that we can't actually create one. And some thoughts do just happen. Like it's just there. I'm like, we can notice that it is not a productive thought we're having. And we can actively think, all right, what would be a different thought, a more helpful thought, and frankly, a more accurate thought in this situation that I could think that could move me in the direction that I really want to go. Yep. Yep. And I use, I use the same approach. Yeah. The awareness. Okay. There's that thought again. And then also the forgiveness of yourself for having that thought. Cause I think a lot of times we do judge ourselves. Oh, there's that thought again. You know, there's something wrong with me for having it. And it's like, no, cause like you said, Kim, sometimes those thoughts really do just come in and you can't even help them. And when that has been a thought that has been coming in for a long time, you know, that has grooved a, a, a pathway in your brain and it's going to take some time for new thoughts, excuse me, new thoughts to be developed or to be yeah, implanted, so to speak. Um, so yeah. And then, like you said, choose again, choose one that is more helpful and that is going to allow you to make the next self-honoring choice in the direction of your goal. So I, I love that. While you're waiting to, to like let those new thoughts really grow some roots. I think one of the things you can really do with your actions, if you are that person who's like, I am definitely all, and I'm working on my thoughts, choose one thing to just take off your list. So all is, all is 
what is your all? What does that look like? And can you reduce it, that capacity by maybe eight, down to 80% instead of 100%? Or let's say you're at 110%, move it, you know, move it down just so to like release a little bit of tension, let a little bit of air out of that, that balloon or whatever, instead of just letting, waiting for it to pop. Um, so find something that can just release the tension a little bit while you let those thoughts percolate. Love that. Yeah. And one other thing that I will share, and I really love this from Karen Nordine, who we've talked about on this podcast, Kim and I are both in her membership, but she called it the, like the failure project or the failure experiment, something like that, like actually choose something to fail with. So if you have this all or nothing mentality, so like I always myself as an example, I have to get 10,000 steps every day, like go a day or two without getting the 10,000 and just see what happens. And that, that does help to create evidence that like, oh, nothing bad resulted from that, you mm -hmm. know, and that can kind of like help you buy into a new belief that mm -hmm. I don't always have to go at hundred percent capacity. And that there is likely going to be some time in my life in the future where I'm not going to be able to. So might as well try now when things are going a little bit better. And I am in perhaps a more clear headed headspace than when shit hits the fan and I can't see clearly. Mm -hmm. I think if you're someone too, who's got so much on your plate, um, that, you, and you may, you may know if this is you, is, do you have so much because you actually have that much that truly has to get done or dot, 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 your life is upended? Or are you someone who is filling your day so tight because, and using that, that as a distraction, that, that productivity, that mm -hmm. full schedule, like, is that, or is that allowing you or helping you cope with something you don't want to think about in some way? Kind of understand which one of those two sides are you on? And once you can really identify that, understand that's kind of going to help you understand what your next step should be. Is it, is it more thought work? Is it more mental support or is it like delegating and talking to your partner? I mean, like, look, I really need some help here. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, Katie, which also makes me remember something else we should bring up, which is um, all or nothing thinking can be a form of self-sabotage mm. because if we, if we set the rule that we have to do it perfectly or why even try, it allows us to just be like, well, then why bother? Which then there's no risk, there's no chance of failure. And so it can absolutely be a way of self-sabotaging before we get even started so that we don't have to face that, that possibility of failure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's interesting because I was listening to a podcast a while back. It's a husband and wife and they have a, I mean, they do work on fitness and fat loss, but they work with very like high level, high achieving women who do very much have perfectionist all or nothing mentalities. And they are always talking about perfectionism. And I love the way the husband phrased it. He said, you know, you will not take action unless something needs to be perfect. But what you're not realizing is that by delaying you taking action, you're actually, like you said, Kim, sabotaging yourself because now you're not doing anything. So mm -hmm. Like that, how is that getting you any closer in the direction of your goal? So like by default, by not, by just like sitting on the sidelines and waiting for the perfect time or making sure that everything's perfect. Now you're not moving forward at all. Whereas if you had just like 
done it, tried, maybe you fail, but you learn something from it. You are like a little bit further or who knows, maybe it's a success. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And you would have never had that experience um, if you didn't just try. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all good stuff, ladies. Well, I think that is pretty much it. We covered it unless you have anything else that you want to add. I think that was a lot. Yeah, yeah I think so a lot to think about. Um, I think I'll just wrap up my part by saying, I think if you're listening to this, uh, a good first step is to just start being aware of when you notice that you might be doing all or nothing thinking. Like look for those words that I mentioned, the never, the always, the failure. Um, look and see how you respond to when you make little mistakes, like do little mistakes, like freak you the heck out. <laughs> That could be a sign um, that you're doing all or nothing thinking that creating that awareness around it is really the first step. Mm -hmm. And I would say making sure that you are making space for self-compassion the same way you would for anyone else you love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And I think mine is just allow it to happen and realize or create that evidence that the world still is turning even as a result. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. All right. Well, beautiful conversation. I hope that you listeners took something away that you can apply to your all or nothing thinking if you struggle with it, because we're all a work in progress, clearly. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. All right. Until next time. Have a great Thanks week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.